Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Journey to the Zenith with me, Zenith Ander, your host as always. I hope you are doing great and you had an amazing weekend. I am going to publish this on Monday, so I hope your day, your week has begun really well and everything is going swimmingly. It is raining here in Sydney, which is kind of funny because I had a new roomie move in on the weekend and we were talking about how incredible the weather is in winter. So I just got back from Brisbane, Bris Vegas, if you will, uh, where I had my first audition back in Australia, which is kind of wild. It was great and I enjoyed being back in the great southern land auditioning. So that's what I was doing last week and I thought today I would talk about my first acting jobs which were in children's theatre which is a great place to start uh, because it gives you a really kind of intensive insight into well theatre work which is very different to on camera because you're live and you're there and you got to show up and you got to make sure you don't get sick if you're doing a run. So I did a four week run of a children's show called Three Little Pigs Y2K. I was working with three actors that were well established and older than me. I was about 17 when I got this job, which was kind of a huge deal. The other guys were in their 20s, 30s, 40s and I played Straw, the uh, little pig that was kind of a hippie that wanted to make her house out of sustainable materials. Very friggin' progressive. Uh, and then the other two pigs were Sticks and Bricks. And then there was obviously the Big Bad Wolf. Now, two of the actors were uh, from NIDA and the other one was from VCA, the Victorian College of the Arts in Melbourne. I got my first agent because my mom was teaching and there was this girl there who was starting her own acting agency. She'd been an actor herself and I think she was learning how to put together a website. And they got chatting and my mom was like, oh, my daughter's into acting. She said, send her along. So I went along, had a little group audition and they took me on, which was awesome. So within a couple of weeks, they sent me for this uh, theatre gig and my first audition I got the job which is kind of nuts <laughs> I thought that was the trajectory uh, this is a little bit of a theme in my life like I sort of uh, get into something slam it and then you know reality sits in after that so staying power may be the name of the game the great thing about theater is it's very labor intensive and time intensive and uh, every day that you rock up, you feel, well, I feel, I should talk in first person for this. I feel like I'm going to forget my lines. Today's the day that it all falls apart. Imposter syndrome is at level 11. Going to my audition. Uh, it's a big group audition again. We've got a big circle of chairs. It's kind of like a, a duck, duck, goose situation. We're thrown into the center of the chairs to interact with each other and do little scenes, little bits of improv. So in the States, I went to the Groundling School for Improv in Los Angeles, which is uh, very, very renowned. All your favorite comedians have been through there, or UCB, which, the, which is the Upright Citizens Brigade. So I went there as well. 
I just loved Groundlings and that was going so awesome up to level two on Groundlings when it was shut down for the pandemic. So that got a little thwarted. Everybody uh, had to go home and we weren't able to continue that. But that place was really something else. My criticism when we got halfway through, they kind of give you feedback is like, you can't laugh in the middle of your scene and I knew that and I was trying to hold it in but anyway it pushed me it pushed me just to stay present and that was really amazing so so that was my first audition and my first experience of actually being in the room and having to show up for people and impress them and hopefully be the right person for the job which I was so four weeks we did this run it was two shows a day i believe it probably was seven days a week because it was over the school holidays so it must have been a saturday and a sunday show as well it was set at this place called Ripponley estate which is this lovely giant mansion and they have all these sections of these beautiful landscape gardens out in st kilda in Melbourne. The show would sort of start with us all together living in a little harmonious situation, me, sticks and bricks, um, singing some little songs and having a good time and then the big bad wolf shows up and thwarts the situation. So then we got all the whole audience up and moved them around the gardens and then we would show us building our respective houses and our process of <laughs> and reasoning for building them. We had some little uh, lyrical uh, scripts going on, which was, you know, rhyming. And then the big bad wolf would come and blow our house down. So this went on for four weeks. Some days I was exhausted. <laughs> Two shows a day is a lot and in between you've got a gap. So uh, in terms of, I want to call it relaxation, but just sort of letting your guard down, it's really hard because you always have to make sure that the next show you are going to be as fresh and energetic as the last. And then when I started doing TV and things, I was sort of amazed. There's a lot of sitting around waiting for your scene to be called in TV. Uh, if you haven't done it, uh, sometimes like, you know, you, you'll have your call sheet, you got to be there at 8am and you're going to be there till 6pm and you sort of imagine that you're going to be moving around and getting ready. But a lot of the time you are, uh, you go into hair and makeup, you get your stuff done, you're ready to go and then you might sit for an hour or two until the other scenes are over and then you show up. This was really interesting for me as well when I was working in production because I would watch the actors be in that situation and I was like, oh, thank God I have to move all the time because, you know, some days it's really hot or something. You want to have a little nap, but you've got to be ready to go the minute they, you know, all the setups are done, the cameras are all on, every, all, the, all the lights are ready to go, your scene's ready to go, you just got to be ready to freaking show up and know your lines and, you know, jump into it at full volume 11. I then got another job for other school holiday uh, shows as a suited character. <laughs> Shout out to everybody involved in this. This was amazing. Uh, I worked with a lot of people and I did this for a few years through a company called Cartoon Creations, which was just the best. Um, I was a frog at one point, like a frog mascot for 
for a radio station. So during school holidays, they'd have these little local festivals, kind of circusy things, or like the Halloween festival that I was talking about in episode two when I was talking about how I ended up managing the bands. Things like that, but I am five foot and I don't think I've grown since I was like grade six or something. I'm great in a suit. Like I look cute and approachable. People want to beat me up less because I'm small than like a larger character, sort of a mascot if you will. So I was a frog at one point. <laughs> I remember that one distinctly because the feet were like splayed and it was like a big frog foot, a big green frog foot. And I have like size four shoes and um, I remember it being really hard to walk in there, but you know, I managed to do it, did a little dance, whatever else, and succeeded, didn't fall over. I've only been hit once in a um, in a suit and it was after I'd left a show in a shopping center or a mall if you will and I was going down the escalator and I just felt this smashing on the back of my head and I was like what the heck and I turned around and a man like a grown human adult was holding up his kid and laughing while the kid beat the back of my head so uh, look the, the head was big my personal head was in the middle of the giant bear head, uh, but there was a bit of an echo. Don't beat up suited characters because you never know who's in there. And I couldn't take the head off and ruin the illusion for, you know, 700 to 1,000 children walking around a mall in the middle of a school holiday situation. So I just had to kind of bear it. And I had a little uh, like mesh mouth that I was like, yo, dude, can you get your kid to stop smacking my head? Which he ignored. It's the only time, one time, that I was, that I was beaten. <laughs> that I was beaten in a cute suit. Uh, so I was a frog once, I was a bear um, multiple times. Uh, I was a uh, alien in, an, in a band, Ziggy and the Zippies. I was Ziggy. Um, there were the Zippies were there was a drummer and a guitarist, and our host would sort of uh, call everybody up. Hey, everyone! Like Ziggy and the Zippies are coming, and I had to dance. And um, one time I had horrific nausea, not for reasons that you would think. No big nights beforehand. I was just feeling not very well. And this was before you had to, you know, sort of get into a quarantine situation and nobody would come and help you. Like you literally just went to work, got in a head, a giant head and a full furry suited suit and then just so, sort of hope that you don't throw up inside the head. So uh, before that show, that particular one Ziggy and the Zippy show, I had to go to the local pharmacist uh, in the mall and just be like, hey, do you have something that is going to stop my nausea? I had to drink some weird green liquid that I, I guess coated my stomach lining and then get on stage <laughs> and dance. And the reason I'm laughing is because I remember my face, if my head had it been off, I would have like my eyes were rolling, I was holding my mouth, like my cheeks were all puffed out, trying to hold in nausea as I was doing this little excited dance. And on the outside, you know, my big alien head had this big smiley face and looked like it was living, living its best life as a rock star. Alien and I inside was suffering horrifically, but I got through that day 
which is incredible. Um, but the bear, one time, uh, it was like a Christmas show. The hosts would be like, all right, kids, who's ready for Christmas bear? And they'll be like, Aah! you know, like rock star level. Aah! And then the host would be like, oh, who? we've got to call him out louder. Who's ready for the Christmas bear? So then I would have to, you know, run out from across the mall and everyone would be like, oh my God, the freaking bear is here. And then we'd get up and we'd do a little interview, but obviously I mimed because this bear couldn't talk. And uh, then we would do a little dance and a little show and a little song and then it would be over. It was about a 30 minute show, which was pretty epic. And usually they were like two a day as well. So one time with the bear, I forgot the feet. I had to go pick up the suit and it was in the back of the car. Chucked everything in, drove out. Sometimes these places were like an hour or two out of the city and occasionally we would stay somewhere for a week and do a show. There's a whole world of debaucherous stories um, relating to when we would have to go away on a show. That They were always, <laughs> they were always adventurous in country towns. Uh, but one time I forgot the feet for this Christmas show and I, at the time I like because I'm short right no this isn't the reason it was just in fashion I had these chunky uh, shoes that look kind of like cartoon shoes right Spice Girls shoes that had like a huge um, platform uh, sole and then they were tartan like a uh, plaid and they had like a big velcro strap over the top and so I wore those to the show Forgot the feet accidentally, which were big, you know, white furry feet that completely were contextual with the rest of the outfit, right? Like big fluffy white legs, a big fluffy head, like just really, really cute. So got in there, got myself ready, went, oh my freaking God, I forgot the feet. What am I going to do? So I had to put on these big chunky Spice Girl Tartan Velcro shoes and walk across um, from another end of the mall, you know, while all the kids sort of screamed. So my host was like, who's ready for terror? And then she, I remember her face. I will never forget it. It was kind of like, it was a little bit of PTSD. She just looked at me running out in this giant fairy suit with these platform tartan shoes and was like, oh my God. But in my head, I thought, look, of all the shoes I could have worn that day, they were kind of perfect because at least the red tartan was sort of contextual to Ted's um, waistcoat. And Christmas time, you know, red's like a Christmas colour. So anyway, so that was that was one time in that. And then the Christmas ones were always fun because there'd be a Santa in the green room or wherever that, you know, they'd sort of put us to get ready. I remember one time there was a Santa. He was like high as a kite. He'd been partying for three days. He was about to put his beard on and he was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can freaking do this today. I've got like two hours of, you know, kids coming up and I've just been like on commercial road for three days. So that, that was always funny. Occasionally we would be sent out in teams of other people, me and somebody else, to go and do a show somewhere else while the main host was doing uh, shows in the city. So sometimes they'd set up accommodation. We stayed in like trailer parks, <laughs> very glamorous. Um, we'd stay in trailer parks and then we'd go out and then we'd be like, all right, well, let's go for a beer. And then we'd make friends with some very questionable locals you know, go to their house for a couple more beers and maybe, a, a, you know, a bonfire or something, country, country Victoria, 
country, New South Wales, and uh, we'd be out there for a week. And at some point, somebody would crack. Somebody's existentialism or deep childhood trauma would show up in the middle of a caravan park or such, and there'd be some tears, uh, there'd be a lot of makeup put on the next day for the next show, and the children were none the wiser. And this, my friends, is what it is to be a professional actor pretending you're okay a hundred percent of the time so thanks for tuning into this episode oh my god i hope you have an amazing week come back listen to the next one episode nine of journey to the zenith